Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. When God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses in Exodus 20, the fourth command that he gave was that his people should remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. God told the people of Israel that they should work for six days and then rest on the seventh day. And to this day, we know that observant Jews worship on Saturday, the seventh day of the week. Are Christians violating the fourth commandment by worshiping primarily on Sunday instead of Saturday? The short answer to that question is no. And in my book, The Apostolic Life, I have a chapter in which I address that question in detail. But let's discuss it briefly. And first of all, let's look at the big picture. Uh, The Ten Commandments are part of the Law of Moses, which God gave to Israel. So first and foremost, they're a covenant with God's Old Testament people. We're living under the New Covenant, and so we have New Commandments. Uh, That's why we don't follow all the teachings of the Old Testament with regard to things like sacrifices uh, and ceremonial laws, because we recognize that many of the laws of the Old Testament were specific to Israel, and they were considered as types or shadows that point to greater spiritual truth in the New Testament. So when we have the greater spiritual truth, we're no longer obligated to follow the forms or the ceremonies. And again, the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament are a good example. They're fulfilled by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So now that we have his sacrifice, we have faith in him, we no longer need to follow the commands for animal sacrifices. We do look at the Ten Commandments as expressing God's moral law. And of course, God's moral nature never changes, and thus God's moral teachings would be the same for his people of any age, Old Testament or New Testament. But I would say to the extent that there are ceremonial applications, then that is specific to the Old Covenant. When you come to the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, I think there's a general uh, moral principle there of taking a day of rest. Now, notice the command was not primarily about worship, and it wasn't specifying this is the only day you can worship, or this is the day you must worship, or this is the day of your weekly meeting. The Old Testament Jews didn't have the synagogue. The synagogue was an intertestamental development. They had the tabernacle or the temple where the priests conducted the worship. So it was really more of a day of rest, not specifically a day of going to church, so to speak, or going to synagogue. Um, so we kind of miss that when we try to transpose the Old Testament culture to our contemporary church context. So I think the big principle is we should set aside one day of week for physical, mental, spiritual rest. And yes, the component of worship and prayer is definitely part of that. But when it comes to the application, we suddenly get into ceremonial law. And James says, if you don't keep all the law, if you, if you don't keep one part of it, you're guilty of breaking the whole law. And if you really go through the Old Testament Sabbath law, you weren't supposed to do any work. You weren't even supposed to pick up sticks on the Sabbath. Orthodox Jews today, they won't light a fire, so they won't cook. Uh, they, 
since electricity is the modern application of that, they won't press a button in an elevator. They won't uh, turn on the ignition in a car. Um, you know, they won't turn on the electricity, the electric switch in their home because in their understanding, that would all be a violation. So some of them just are very strict. Some of them ignore it or some have workarounds. So if you go to Israel, they have Sabbath elevators, which on the Sabbath, they stop on every floor. So you can still ride the elevator, but you don't have to push the button um, and, and other examples like that. Uh, so we don't have to follow those things. And Colossians 2 is very specific. It says, don't let anyone judge you in food or drink or Sabbath days or feast days, holy days, because these are a shadow of things to come, but the body is Christ. So the New Testament is very clear. These specific Sabbath laws are not binding upon us because they're fulfilled in Christ. You say, well, how is that? Well, if you read in... Uh, Isaiah chapter 28, it talks about with a stammering lip and another tongue will he speak to these people. This is the rest. This is the refreshing, pointing toward a new covenant experience. In Acts 3, 19, speaking of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it says times of refreshing shall come to the presence of the Lord. Um, Matthew 11, Jesus said, I will give you rest. Hebrews 4, there remains a rest to the people of God. And it's talking about entering the new covenant ceasing to trust in our works for salvation, but coming to Jesus Christ and receiving his salvation, which includes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it actually uses the word sabbatismos, which means literally there remains a Sabbath rest to the people of God. It's not talking about a literal Sabbath. It's talking about rest and refreshing in the Holy Spirit. So I would argue that Christians today have a a Sabbath every day because we're supposed to spend every day worshiping God, spending time in prayer, and enjoying the rest that God gives, leaving aside our old sinful works and not depending on the works of the flesh to save us, but depending on the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the fulfillment of the Sabbath law is to receive the Holy Spirit. And just as the Old Testament Sabbath uh, was a demarcation to identify the people of the nation of Israel, and, and the Bible even says, I've given this to you, the Jews, Israelites. So the Holy Spirit becomes the new covenant demarcation to identify us along with baptism in Jesus' name as the people of God today. So I, fu- I believe that we do fulfill the Sabbath law through the, through the experience of the Holy Spirit, which sanctifies us or separates us and gives us rest and refreshing and gives us daily fellowship with God, daily worship. So we're not just setting aside one week, one day a week, but we're worshiping God every day. Now, having said that, I do believe there's still an enduring principle of taking the day of rest and pacing yourself, taking time off. And there is a principle of worship. And so Hebrews uh, 10 tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but we should meet regularly with the church. So whenever your local church has designated, it could be Saturday, that would be okay. It could be Sunday, that would be okay too. But you should faithfully attend the meetings of your local church. So I do believe that principle is still valid. And if we neglect that, whether it be the principle of rest from work for our bodies or the principle of weekly worship, uh, if we violate that, yes, there are spiritual consequences. So to that extent, the fourth commandment is enduring. Uh, 
Uh, but now let's go to the subject. Well, why did we ever move to Sunday? And that's because the early church did so. I think they were quite intentional because the Sabbath was so specifically identified with the old covenant with the Jews that when they became aware they were entering the new covenant, they had a new relationship with God. They were not simply Jews, but Jews and Gentiles united in a new people, the people of God. And they had to learn not to trust the law for salvation, but to trust Jesus for salvation. So they very deliberately said, we want a new day to represent the new covenant. And so they began to worship on Sunday. Now, that wasn't coincidence. Jesus arose on the first day of the week. And then he appeared to his disciples again when they were assembled on the eighth day, which the Jews would count starting and ending. So that would be one week later. He appeared to them. They were all assembled on Sunday. And then the day of Pentecost, they were all gathered. The Holy Spirit fell on Sunday. So it seems intentional that the early church started meeting on Sunday to commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and to represent the new covenant. And even though it was a normal workday in the Roman Empire, they would meet early Sunday morning and late Sunday night before and after work until some centuries later, the Romans made it a holiday. And some people say, well, that's a Roman custom or a pagan custom or a Catholic custom. No, they were just recognizing what the early Christians had already been doing from New Testament times. And and they did have a morning and evening service on Sunday because that's when they could uh, in their workday. And you also see uh, 1 Corinthians 16, Paul said to set aside your offering on the first day of the week. So apparently they all gathered on the first day and brought their offering. Um, you also have uh, Acts 20 that they were meeting on the Lord's Day. Um, you also have in Revelation that Paul, I mean, that uh, John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. So it seems that even from New Testament times, they were identifying the Lord's Day as the day of resurrection or Sunday, and they were trying to meet uh, specifically on that day to commemorate the Lord's resurrection, and to commemorate the new covenant. So we do find that pattern from New Testament times, but it's not presented as a rule. Um, and so again, we might have service on Wednesday night. We might have it on Saturday. We might have it on Sunday, or we might have it all the above. All that's fine. We're not under the Old Testament ceremonial law in that sense. So let's be faithful to our local church, whatever day of the week we choose to worship. And let's also pace ourselves and let's make sure that we build in daily times of worship, weekly times of corporate worship, and a weekly day of rest from work. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.